on Maynard.com.au. Hey, you! Ladies and gentlemen, time to check out your sack and see who's coming down your chimney. It's a very bunga bunga Christmas! Coming to you live and direct from the Howell Park Hotel in front of an audience of over eight people. Bunga bunga with Tim Ferguson. Maynard! We're going to have some fun tonight. Over eight people here have dragged themselves up to the Harold Park Hotel. They've done two-finger salute to the stupid buildings that have been built over there. It's very rarely can you say that that looked better as a dog track. <laughs> and it did. It was a dog track before. It was a trotting track. It got marginally better. And then they turned it into some piece of Taiwan that's been transplanted there. It's, ladies and gentlemen, the star of stage, screen and his own lounge room, Tim Ferguson. Oh, my God, that is Tim Ferguson. <laughs> His phone's always ringing. Too much! One thing we don't want to hear tonight is this. None of that. Tonight, we're going to be having all sorts of things. We've got special guests in the first half. Continental Robert Seuss hiding behind the curtain. Hello! Wow! (laughs) Actually, hiding behind the curtain is his surname. Also, well, he's expected to turn up. That would be, remember last time? Simon Day. Oh, he's there! Simon Day from Ratcat! Yeah! Simon Day from Ratcat! He did turn up last time, just 10 minutes after the show finished. I mean, that was the best bit of the show, really. And also, the big news is we've invited Kate Blanchett. Well, you invited her, didn't you, Tim? <laughs> no. I invited Kate Blanchett, but she lives in Katara in Newcastle. That's the one you wanted, wasn't it? Wrong Kate Blanchett, but she's been invited. Mr Pell's coming along. There's some questions you want to ask him. There are only so many things that you can ask a priest during a royal commission. I want to ask the questions that weren't asked. You want to test them out now for legal reasons? Do you use a lot of product? (laughs) He'd probably say something like... (laughs) As he was running away. (laughs) Time for Tim's News. What's going the world of Doug Anthony All-Stars? What's happening in the Bunga Bunga world? Well, the Doug Anthony All-Stars, are, they're having a rest because they're very old and they're very sad and they need holidays. Now, I'm the only one who's still going. I'm running around with dinosaurs and writing scripts and putting books together and also teaching. Just been up in a place called, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Queensland. <laughs> and I was explaining comedy to the people from Queensland. <laughs> And they had a great old time. But, yeah, the other two, I don't know what they do. I think they sit at their houses and stare at the wall. It's going to be a big year next year. It's going to last for 365 days. Just why not go the extra one? So make sure you stay in touch with each other. Maynard, what have you been doing? Nothing. As you know, you have a job I don't. So I spend a lot of time just sitting around the house trying to think what I'm going to do for Bunga Bunga. Who listened to a very Bunga Bunga Christmas 2016? Who had listened to that one? It's been up on the line for a year now and fucking none of you have listened to it. <laughs> At the end of that show, Tim had a prediction as to what this year would be like. Would you like me to read it, Tim? No. And this is what Tim said. Did I actually say this? If you listen to the end of the 2016 Very Very Bunga podcast, which is up on the front page of maynard.com.au, you'll hear Tim say this at the end. He's talking about 2017 here, the year we've just been through. The world is going to undergo a dramatic change, but it won't be as bad as everyone says. (laughs) Yeah, I said that. Everybody is catastrophizing over Trump. Trump will turn up, but he won't do much. The thing about Trump is the man is lazy. He is a billionaire, but he's got no policy that he really cares about. Trump will just turn up and let the world turn. It will be bad for the left wing, but what isn't? That was me. It will be bad for the left wing, 
But what is it? Look at what fashion did to them. And then he went on to criticise guys in Northcote who had uh, top-knot hairdos. Yeah, I predicted the end of top-knots. Yeah, you don't see top-knots now, even in Northcote. I've also predicted, and I say it now, you can go to a cafe three years from now and you will see women with big Captain Kremen shoulder pads. You're thinking, oh no, it could never happen, but the world turns. I, I did mean that about Trump. Because he didn't really do anything. He hasn't really passed any laws. He's promised to have a big tax law thing. So I wouldn't worry about Trump at all. He's too lazy. He's too disinterested. And Vladimir Putin's not paying him to do anything. So sit back. Enjoy him making America again. Open the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Seems to be some small animal pissing at the end of that, Tim. Yes, well, it does seem that way, mate. It does a bit, yeah. But in fact, that is an African elephant, like the big ones. It's just they really actually have a very tiny aperture on their pissing material. So let's hear it one more time. Frank Mail! <laughs> You're right, Tim. You're amazing. You're the Robert Downey Jr. of botanists. Tiny apertures. Yes, I said you're the Robert Tanny Jr. botanist. I can say that. And we've got some great crank mail coming our way. Kirsty wrote to us about something that can happen only during Christmas. Maybe you've played this game. It's called Whamageddon. The idea is you are the last person of your friends to hear Wham's Last Christmas. Well, it's like the, the masturbation game on Seinfeld, except it's played with Wham's Last Christmas. Who has heard it this year so far? A few people out. Yeah, I occasionally get through it. It's on the video of A Very Maynard Christmas on the website. What's your most tedious Christmas song, the one that annoys you? I've got to say, and I think you'd all agree, the one that says you better be good and you better do right because Santa Claus is coming tonight and he's watching you. He knows when you're asleep, he knows when you're awake. It freaks me out because it's true. It's not a nice message. Hey kids, relax because Santa is watching all the time. You really need to get into the one we love. Clarence Carter, Backdoor Santa. Yes. He also sang that other feminist classic, Stroke It, I believe, was the other one that he sang. It's a great one. They call me Backdoor Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. They call me Backdoor Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. Oliver has sent in this bit of crank mail. He wants to know who would win in a fight between Batman and Doctor Who. Oh. And I said, which Batman, which Doctor Who? And he's gone with Christopher Eccleston's Doctor Who when he first came back and Michael Keaton's Batman. <laughs> Who's more piss weak than Adam West? <laughs> so what do you reckon? Michael Keaton's Batman versus Christopher Eccleston's Doctor Who? No, Christopher because he doesn't last. He did one series of Doctor Who, then said, me, me, do. I didn't go to Rada to be playing this sort of character. So, no, he would maybe throw a couple of good punches. Then the Rada acting skills would defeat him and Batman wins. Sorry. Batman wins. <laughs> Keaton was only in two movies. But one had Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Who was the one who was the really bad Batman? Batman Returns when Batman with nipples. George Clooney. Batman doesn't have nipples. That was established in the DC comic number, uh, edition number 37. Page 18. It's established 
he is mocked by the Riddler. It's, oh no, what has lumps but no bumps? And the answer was... (laughs) Batman. Michael Keaton's Batman would be the winner. Because he's got no nipples, he's just got lumps. Let's throw it over to the audience. Who think Batman will win? Those for Doctor Who? (laughs) Just a couple there. What Doctor Who do you reckon could take on Batman? Oh, Colin Baker every time. I've worked with Colin Baker while we did a tour. We even went to New Zealand. Me, Colin Baker and Sylvester. Gotta say, that guy, he can hold himself up in a fight. Because he had a bit of biff going on, didn't he? he? Did. As the Doctor, yeah. Yeah, he's not afraid. He actually had a few fisticuffs in Doctor Who. Crank mail! Angela writes, Does William Shatner's recent work in My Little Pony eclipse his role in Star Trek? I'm not aware of him doing any My Little Pony work. Is anyone? Hang on, we've got someone down the front. It is Shatmus after all. Let's hear it for Shatmus. Yes! That's right, where we kirk the tree. My Little Pony, explain that to us. He's a pony. So is it an animated thing or has he actually put the, the pantomime horse with Shatner in the front would be great. He's a little pony. And does it eclipse his work? Oh, yeah. Do you mean it's better than... Khan! Oh, yeah, he makes a great little pony. Well, I think that's all we really need to know. Didn't ask about does it he eclipse his work in TJ Hooker, some of the best bonnet sliding in the history of bonnet sliding Shatner did in that show. Beautiful singing voice, though. Yes. Oh, Canada. Our home. And what are you doing? Uh, with what? No, uh, with the words. It sounds... You're speaking it. I'm singing. It's how I sing. Just, uh, like, oh... Oh, Canada. Can you do the like, melody like, uh, Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. That's no, no, it's good. That sounds, no, that's, no, no. So. Uh, wait a minute, I'm tweeting here. Oh, wait. I have a half a million followers. They demand entertainment. All Shatner, all the time. Oh, Canada. Crank mail, hey! crank mail. Round of applause for the crank mail. Thank um, you for all that Unless, mail. of course, we have any live crank mail. Has anyone got any? We have been solving Australia's political problems for a year or two. So, any questions for the two? Craig up the back. Hang on. I just spent money on this 15 metre mic cord. Let's just see if it's only 14. Hello, Simon Day. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, man. Um, You still have time to leave if you want to. (laughs) I'd like to know, seeing as Tim is all-seeing and all-knowing, why the two sets of new tram works in Sydney don't meet up or, or are compatible? Great question. Yes, you will always have to change at Haymarket because the two tracks are not the same gauge. And I'm thinking, don't civil engineers spend time at university so this kind of thing doesn't happen? Well, actually, it's because they're magnetic and as hard as they push, the tram tracks keep separating because one is north and one is south and they just can't get them to touch. And that's your answer, Craig! What do you think has been the movie of the year, Tim? And you you can't pick Spin Out because that was technically last year, even though that was a great movie for Tim Ferguson. Oh, it was huge. It's got to be Star Wars. I didn't even particularly like Star Wars, but I still think it's the best film of the year. Why didn't I particularly like it? Well, they were talking in the middle and I'd like a lot of zoom, zoom and and run, run, and you can't say that to me. But there was all this stuff about Republicans in the middle. Uh, If you haven't seen Star Wars, I thought it was very sad that they killed Princess Leia almost straight away. It's an interesting film, but I don't like being interested when I go to the movies. That's for drama. And what did you eat at Star Wars, Tim? Oh, man, popcorn galore. Really good popcorn from one of their collectible bins. It was great. (laughs) 
what garbage bins? You just lifted one and took it out. I can't wait for the next one, which will make sense of the second one. Here's a new segment we're going to try now, which is called Hooray for Nobody. We're going to look at people in Hollywood that you've never heard of that are in a lot of movies. And I've picked someone interesting, Fred Asparagus. Has anyone seen his name in the credits? Fred Asparagus is a real person, mainly worked as an extra. He was born in 1947, but only got into the movie business with the first movie he was in. God, I like it. This is Spinal Tap. He was in that as an extra. He then went on to do Break Into Electric Boogaloo. So I'm liking his resume. He then went on to The Three Amigos as a Mexican bandit, the Dragnet movie, Colours, The John Larroquette Show, show about a drunk. I liked it. Beverly Hills Cop 2, Roseanne. And he finished up with Just the Ticket in 1999. And he's uh, still around, just isn't doing work. Hooray for nobody, Tim. Fred wow. Asparagus. And One he... of the busiest nobodies in Hollywood. With a CV like that, you've got to hire him. Well, I mean, you Electric know? Boogaloo 2, he should have been set for life. Have you seen me in the latest Woolworths ad that is running continually on television at the moment? Yes, and I nearly called up and bought one of you. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing in the ad, Tim? You what look like you've been totally Woolworthsed. I'm actually tending a barbecue in the background. There's no way you'd know it's me. Looking like someone drunk playing with fire at a barbecue. What's your motivation to survive? I would always revert to the best movie ever made, which of course will be screened on New Year's Eve once again, as it has since 1980. Can't stop the music, village people. It's on every New Year's Eve. And I've always wanted to ring up Channel 9 programming and record an interview with them and ask them why. Why do you play this movie every... Can't you find Xanadu? What's going on? Would you like to hear some fake news? The fake news. It's fake. Phony. Fake. And I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Thanks, Donald. Making America again. Fake news. This comes from the newdaily.com.au. If you haven't read the New Daily, that explains why you're miserable and you haven't fixed your hair. Spoiler alert. The latest Star Wars movie is spoiler-proof. Dramatic sting. <laughs> We made the stories unspoilably inexplicable, said a Jedi spokesman about the Star Wars film. For example, how come Luke's island has no bathroom? Why do beginner lightsaber trainees have all their fingers? How does Princess Leia pay for her spaceships? That's an important one. Is she a billionaire? Is she a royal? Where does the money come from? She has like a trillion dollars worth of spaceships all of a sudden. Not that I'm saying it's suspect. I know these aren't the spoilers you're looking for. You're saying she's a princess. You're saying that daddy paid for the spaceship. Is that what you're saying? Here are some spoilers that I can release from the new Star Wars. In space, you can hear explosions. Sorry about letting you know about that one. A long time ago, when a galaxy far, far away, young liberals ran an empire. Finally, spoiler alert, Chewbacca still refuses to wear pants. Tim Ferguson with the fake news. Fake, phony, fake. I love it. Well, Tim, I don't know about you, but a lot of people come up to me in the street, knock me to the ground and go, Maynard, what the hell will I buy for Christmas? So we thought we'd give you a few suggestions. You could get someone a 2018 Maynard calendar. Only two printed. What uh, my friend bought me once 
was a duck for Christmas. <coughs> Buy your friend a duck. You'll never see that friend or the duck again. They actually went out of their way to get me a duck. I called it Ralph, and Ralph was good. Ralph crapped everywhere. That's the trouble with ducks. You can't keep them inside. You can't take them to parties. If you don't like someone, duck them. <coughs> it's time for Maynard's Bug Out Bag. What's in Maynard's Bug Out Bag? Now, bug out bag is when you're... Oh, hang on. I've got to do the special Christmas moment that means a lot. There we go. I'm putting the tree up. Done. <laughs> What's in Maynard's bug out bag? A David Cassidy 1974 oh, oh. jigsaw. Wow. With every single piece not missing. You know, the days where you could just put someone on a jigsaw and people would buy it are well and truly over, aren't they? Now it's got to be difficult things... Has anybody done the white jigsaw that's circular but has no defined edge? That stuff will drive you mad. Don't get that jigsaw. Or if you, again, have people you don't like, get them a duck and a white jigsaw. <laughs> so the jigsaw has no defined edge? No defined edge. Just like Double J now. Oh, a couple of ABC employees. You'd be the only one that still worked there. ABC, your money used to be spent. Eight cents a day, that's the entire budget. And that was Maynard's Bug Out Bag. Oh, thank you, Tim. Tim's historical hypothetical. This is where we put Tim. You want to wear the Santa hat for this? No, 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 no. Because I've got a size 63 head, I go into hat shops and they just cry. They burst into tears and run screaming from the room. And I go, yeah, you better run, cowboy. It goes a bit like this. Tim, we can do three with Tim at once, or you can pick one of them. What would the audience like as a Tim's historical hypothetical? Tim can either be Charles Darwin, Sophie Monk, or Neville Chamberlain. What would you like to go with, people? Okay, all three? Okay. So we'll do a rapid fire one there. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Tim Ferguson, the year is 1835. The place off the coast of New Zealand. You are Charles Darwin approaching New Zealand on the Beagle for a nine-day stopover at Christmas, 1835. What do you do for nine days in New Zealand? Well, first thing, feed the Beagle. Second thing, <laughs> you can't go to the shops because even today, the shops in New Zealand are really not all that much. They're called things like fossies and best and even less. <laughs> all you do is just grab the nearest shotgun, go hunt some hobbits. They will say they're not hobbits. Go get a couple of hobbits. The time, April 2002. The place, Sydney. You are Sophie Monk. I will now read from the press release that was at the end of the band Bardot. I'm reading it in Precy because I don't know what that means. The band Bardot is issuing a statement to say that we're breaking up. Belinda, Sophie, Sally and Tiffany have cited the need for a well-earned break. The pace at which Bardot's career has taken place has taken its toll. You are Sophie Monk. What do you do, Tim, you smartass? Well, I just sit and watch TV for about 20 years until the phone rings and someone says, you want to be on The Bachelor? 
And I say, hell yeah, I was born for this. So I've got to wonder who her agent was that gave her that advice. Well, she's really hot property in television now. I do a lot of format meetings and everybody's just saying, it'd be great if Sophie Monk hosted. Be great if Sophie Monk was one of the camera people. She's everywhere. She's in that Woolies ad, I think, too. Oh, she's in the Woolies ad. She's the barbecue. Number the three now. It's 1938. We're looking at the 30th of September. You've arrived back from Munich. One of them's Neville Chamberlain, and he declares peace in our time. Tim, how do you feel about that now? Well, it was, for a brief moment, peace in that particular five-second period. So good on you, Neville. I know you get picked on, but he was right at that moment. So you think he just wasn't being specific enough? Yeah, yeah. Tim's historical hypothetical, putting him in history and going, what would you do, smartass? Yay! I got an email today from someone saying, read my next email, it will have the cure for MS. And I get a lot of that. So I waited patiently for the next email. And you know what it was? It was the first email sent again. (laughs) And it cured me. We always like to bring up when they do mention cures, and there is one that comes through from time to time. What's been the weirdest, wackiest cure for MS this year, Tim? Last year was hookworms. Get some hookworms in here. They don't sound good. I mean, what do you do? You pick them out of the dirt. But this year, the big one was the fruit people. That's right, the fruit people. There's a guy called Dr. Jelbik. I don't know whatever he is, but he had an article in The Good Weekend, which nobody reads if they've got pants on. He was saying, if you just eat fruit, that'll cure your multiple sclerosis. Well, I had an apple and immediately got more multiple sclerosis. (laughs) So watch out for those apples, people. It's a trick. And speaking of a trick, I think it's time to have our first guest in Act One here at Bunga Bunga. It's like Shakespeare. We've got Act One, that kind of thing. Oh, who would like a very Maynard Christmas CD? I've got one to give away. Oh, you're, you're... Right now, welcome a man of stage, screen and many music videos from the lead singer of the great Dynamic Hypnotics, it's Continental Robert Seuss. Hello, hello, thank you. Grab your mic and come on in. Ah, great to have you here. You guys got back together with the Dynamic Hypnotics? Just for a few gigs. You've been working solidly for about three decades around Sydney, haven't you? Yeah, just avoid manual labour, that's my thing. And never call him before three in the afternoon? No, just get an answering machine. When I wake up after my two triple strength espressos, I'll I'll call you back at about 5pm. You live in the heart of the cross, so in what way is that? Basically, you're living in a desert now, aren't you? Oh, well... You would have been to a few hypnotic gigs in your time there, Tim. Yeah, awesome. I always wondered, do you believe in hypnosis? Is that where the name came from? It came from a bad review, actually, that we got. We had got this residence in a pub in Paddington and the reviewer, he said, this band that's playing now, they've got a relentless hypnotic beat. I I thought that sounded good. Because you go one, two, three, four... Then they do it again, one, two, three, four, and then suddenly you think, well, that's over. They never get to five, back to one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. It is quite hypnotic, Robert. As a DJ, there's, the amount of gigs around has almost collapsed in Sydney. What's it like live-wise? It's picked up a bit, really. It was like a, like you said, a desert for about a decade, but lately, even in King's Cross, there's a little, some little bars that have uh, live music again. Doesn't sound like a big money earner, but... Enough to avoid having to dig ditches and things. What do you think of the new music? I don't see you getting into auto-tune. <laughs> 
I don't even listen to any new music, to be honest. I just you know, listen to my old records and things like that. Who here has heard the podcast I've done covering his entire career for two hours and playing all his musical influences? Hey. Not one of you. I haven't even heard it myself. He hasn't listened to himself. So what gigs you've got coming up? If we want to see you grooving in a small bar oh, in King's yeah. Cross, how do we go? What goes on? Actually, in Darlinghurst, I play every Thursday. My band, the Continental Blues Party in the low 302, 302 Crown Street, 10 p.m. start till 12.30 a.m. This is the kind of audience you want. These look like rages. Yeah. But it's free to get in. <laughs> that picked up their interest. What's your advice for someone entering the music industry now? Because Tim's thinking of doing it again. Yeah. Maybe have some music lessons, which I've never had. And that's made him what he is today. Continental yeah. Robert Seuss. Let's hear it. Gotta be the Thank you. Did you bring your harmonica with you? Because okay. I've actually brought my harmonica. I've got a chromatic harmonica, which has got the black keys like a piano. We're going to have a go at Love Me Do. Count me in. One, two. One, two, three. That's enough. Oh, quick one. Thank you very much. Continental Robertson! We'll take a quick break, grab yourself something to drink, grab yourself someone to love and look at them. Okay people, after John Farnham, Christmas is over people, so uh, come on back, we're back in just a moment. Tim's just uh, taking some gift-giving ideas from people. In fact, Tim Santa, you ask Tim for stuff and you get it for Christmas, don't you, Tim? Yeah, yeah, make sure you have your pants on for the next segment. Keep your pants on. Death by Bunga Bunga. And welcome to Act Two of a very, very Bunga Christmas. Oh my God! We're back. Oh wow! This is like Bunga Bunga. God bless Australia. Oh God bless this place. And we're going to kick off with Well Bunga Me, the quiz that's sweeping parts of Glebe. We need two contestants right now up here. I'm going to ask you questions, and you can win a large blossom doll or a slightly smaller blossom doll from the Powerpuff Girls. Impressive. No, no, you can't all do it at that's, once. That's Sit right. down, that guy. That... Put some pants on that man. It's not that kind of questionnaire. Well, bunga me, I'm going to ask you five questions. If you think you know the answer, and don't anyone call out. First question. Last time the questions were too hard and the person didn't get any of them. So I ran them past Richard Saunders over there, and he knew all these answers, which means they must be very easy. Who knows about traffic rules in Sweden? <laughs> what is the ABBA album with all of them in a helicopter on the front cover? Who knows? Arrival. That is correct, yes! Yay! Yay! Who played Neo in The Matrix? Kenneth Reeves, yes, well done. Number three, in Thunderbirds, what was Lady Penelope's chauffeur called? Parker. Yes, she's got it back, that's two Parker. one. Now, this is an interesting one. It's a question about Tim over there because 
You haven't noticed, but Bunga Bunga is all about Tim. That's what I love about it. It I love certainly what, is. I've got one question. It's a supplementary. What will clear up that rash? Penicillin is the right answer. It was in the last show here we did live. It, it has been in a number of podcasts over the last three years, repeatedly on the 140 shows that we've done. Tell me, what is Tim Ferguson's favourite sitcom? Golden Girls. Yes, the, the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. Well done. And just briefly tell us once again why, Tim. Well, because you've got four older women. I mean, that wouldn't be allowed on television. Not in the ABC has a sitcom with four older women. There's the news. All. The news. Uh, the SBS would run a mile before they let that happen because they're trying to get, you know, that one viewer and keep them interested. The Golden Girls, four older women, funny as anything. Two each, isn't it? Thank question, you for being a friend. Question five. What pop singer came out with a book called Sex in 1992? Penicillin. Madonna. Madonna, yes! Madonna! Here's the last question, so see how we go here. What was the number one hit for Shakira in 2006? Oh, yes. So long ago now. Everyone knows the 80s stuff. You ask about 2006, they go, I don't know. Who's Shakira? Exactly. It did have weird lyrics and it had a weird title. By it, the rivers of Babylon. Hips don't lie. So who's the winner here, Richard? Congratulations. Oh, look, you, you, look, you were good. You were good on most stuff. You were good on the Thunderbirds, not so good on the Shakira, but that's okay. None of us were. True. Daryl. That's two for Daryl. I'm proud to be not very good at Shakira. And that song is nonsense. Shakira's hips do lie. Here is the large Powerpuff Girls Blossom doll valued at over $5 at the Crazy Cat Women's Shop. And you both get a copy of A Very Maynard Christmas, which is extremely rare as hen's teeth. Bungamy. Bungamy. Time for Maynard's Money Shop Theatre. Tim and I do a horn movie together on the radio. You bet. First you'd hear some music like this. And I'll say, knock, knock, knock. Comes to the door and I go... Good morning, can I interest you in saving money using a solar power collector on your roof? Sure, come in. I'm always interested. And that's it, Maynard's Money Shot Theatre. At this point, roses are being thrown at me. The author is coming on stage and he's signing the script. Why have more than two lines of dialogue? If you're making a porn film, two acts. And <laughs> one is two lines of dialogue. Here we have a bit of Tim's outsider art. I believe you've got an art exhibition coming up next year, Tim. Yeah, I'm going to be taking my art around the place. If you haven't seen my art, then look on Facebook. You'll find it. It may not be mine, but it's going to be out there. Going to be on in Sydney, Canberra, and somewhere called... Queensland? Is Simon Day here? We're going to have Simon Day up. Is he back in the room? He's gone. OK, well, we'll get back to Simon a bit later. But we have got Kate Blanchett. Hello, Kate! Kate. And oh. there she goes. No, Thanks, Kate. Thanks for coming. Dave I told Bla you she'd Dave come. Blanchett. You got the wrong one. Okay. Yeah, I told you she'd be here. Sorry, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please make welcome. It's, um, I'll just have to give you, oh, it's. No, that's probably not quite right. But how about. I quite uh, like that. Well, I've been looking at Simon Day from Simon Day. Oh, Simon, I it's great to have you here. And Hello, hello. Simon, the first question Where were you last time? 
Where was I? Ah, well, I had a, a benefit to do... Uh, anyway, I had rehearsals with two people that were very hard to organise and then kind of realised on the Monday morning that I double-booked myself. So I contacted you trying to ask if I could go on the second set. Last time I was here, I was, we didn't probably go on stage till 12 or 1. Uh, look, it's easy enough to understand. Because of anyway. technical issues, which we've also had this week, a third of the show has been cut. But you haven't noticed that, have you? This it's, is fascinating radio. And I come up here and everything's packed up. And I'm just, I'm like, um, is this a joke? I really hope so. But <laughs> Simon is one of the gentlemen of rock and roll, Tim. I don't know if you've, have you met Simon before in your travels? Yeah. I met him last week and I was very impressed. We, we hung out in, in London in 90. We used to come and see your shows and we went to carnivals together in country towns. That's right, yeah, we yeah. We did, we did. We closed those carnivals down. A lot of people, of course, know you from Ratcat, but you're also yeah. a graphic designer and you did a lot of the styling for MTV for many years as well. I uh, worked at MTV as an art director. I'm mostly working as a offline editor. I worked the Mythbusters. on Mythbusters for a year, that was really good. Yeah, graphic am, arts for I, the Mythbusters. I am currently at the ABC. So you're the one that works there. <laughs> There's, there's just you free, and 50 I'm a, management. I'm a freelancer, so I don't go in all the time. Comedy, Most people comedy. here wouldn't have actually been in the ABC since they depopulated it, but Tim and I have been in a couple of times for various reasons, and it's eerily empty. You've got this five-storey large building in Ultimo with no-one there. There's a person in the canteen going, anybody want a bun? It's oh, I don't very think sad. It's, I don't think it's that bad. Come on. Oh, uh, compared to when it's, I was it's there. Quite, I mean, it's quite nice at eight in the morning. It's very much like that. I actually like it when it's like that. Because you do yeah. like the early hours of the morning. Um, if you follow Simon on Instagram, lots of great Dawn photos you take. Not lately. I do like the live Ratcat album that you did at the Metro mm. down in Melbourne. That was one of my favourites mm. because it captures a bit of a wild time that you it had. Was, it was kind of a pinnacle at a point where I don't think even the audience knew what, what to expect or what they were doing. People chesting each other. Yeah, and, it was going nuts. Anyway. How many years were Ratcat together? Because I was lucky enough to be a DJ when you did the big gig over at Marrickville at the factory. How many years was that celebrating? 30 maybe. 30 years of Ratcat. That's worth a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I could be doing something else. You still allow the audience on stage for the last song too, oh, which panics anyone who owns a venue because suddenly you've got like 100 people on stage and they're going, does that stage, does that weight loading take 100 people? Yeah. Pretty I've never thought of the weight loading. Simon's always nice, gentle, and sometimes a little bit too quiet in interviews. Quietly, oh, Simon, you've just had all these one, number one songs and things are going well, and you go, oh, thank you very much. And it's quite nice. Rather than, you know, someone from a band like, I don't know, the church going, yeah, we're fantastic. We are great. Can we tell you about how great we are? Have you seen I'm Curiously Yellow? Maybe you haven't. Well, they are the church. That's true. Someone has to be the Pope after all, don't they? And what would be the thing that you'd point people to if they were starting in the music industry? We had Continental Robert give suggestions. Oh, yeah, I, think yeah, well, his, I thought Continental actually advice was, I don't think I can give any better. Learn to play and then go and play. I, and I don't rely on music to kind of look after me. I love it. It looks after me in so many other ways. Never, so never, your advice ever. is someone who's going to have a musical career is... Don't. Make sure you've got something else going on in your life. And when the, the good things happen, it's for a reason. It's a, I don't know, a big ocean of a lot of fish swimming. Simon Day from Ratcat. Simon Day. With some career advice, please have a seat there. We'd like to have a drink with you later. Oh, has anyone here got a question for Simon? Yeah, my teacher in high school said that he was your brother. Do you know my brother's Simon Day from Rat Cat? And we're like, yeah, whatever. My brother has never a been a teacher. I knew he was a liar. Yes! No, that's absolutely not true. And that man is now a part of a royal commission too, that teacher. <laughs> well, I've been looking around some kind of feeling. 
I'd like you to remind people what you like doing on Christmas Day. We mention this in every Christmas special, and I think it is very special. I like lying back and listening to Virginia Trioli <laughs> going to the movies with the Jewish people. Jewish people fill up the cinemas because they're not hanging around doing all that stupid, oh no, who ate the lobster crap that a lot of Australians have to do. Go to movies with the Jews because the place is full and their kids are well behaved. Oh, look, hang on, this didn't work last time. This was the air horn. I tried to make it work last time. Pushing the wrong button, I should have done this. There you go. What button were you pushing? There can't be that many buttons. I can't explain my mind, Tim. You work with me a bit here. I don't know what's going on. Who would like to win a copy of The Cheeky Monkey? It is a book that tells you how to be funnier. If you know anybody who wants to write like a sitcom or a funny movie or just a funny letter to one of their Tinder dates, this is the book for you. Don't all put your hands up at once. Would you like this book, madam? All you, you have, have to do book. is walk up and get it. It's just like at Woolworths if they had no security. Tim, do you want to have a go at a seasonal poem before we go into your right of reply and I do the incredible, most funny Christmas joke I do every year in the special? Yes, I'll do a Christmas poem. Tim Ferguson, he has outsider art. It's an outsider poem. Well, I can do a, a Christmas poem. Tell me, what's a good topic? Korea. North Korea. They say the man is called Kim Jong-un, but that's no true because he eats too many buns. He climbs up mountains but prefers climbing an isthmus. In North Korea, there is no Christmas. Seriously, too many buns. It was all I could do to rhyme Ithmus, and then I thought Christmas rhymes with that. Now before the incredibly funny Christmas joke, which will, you will take away with you and do at home, and your family will love you even more, it's time for Tim's right of reply, because and this is a section of the show where Tim gives you a right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. In a desperate attempt to make a desperate attempt, the Prime Minister by name alone, Mr Malcolm Turnbull, has just had a cabinet reshuffle. One of the things that got reshuffled was George Brandis has been sent to live in England. Look at that. And do we like George Brandis leaving the country? Oh, sorry, that crying English person. Tough. Um, But the other good thing is Michaelia Cash is now even more powerful. Oh, hey, come on. I just want to ask her one question. So you, you use product? <laughs> they say that it's rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, but the boat has already sunk, so it's inflating whatever that is behind me. What's that, Maynard? That's the cow and chicken raft. It's inflating the cow and chicken rafts now that the Titanic has sunk. It's OK because the next government... Uh, The first thing they will do is try to get rid of their Prime Minister. But for now, thank you for your service, George. Please, don't come back. And Michaelia Schwarzkopf? Boom! Tim Ferguson's right of reply! Don't expect too much. Oh, my God, that changed my life! It's time to gather all the family around the podcasting radio. Gather your family around the MP3 player. (laughs) Because this is going to be worth it.
What sound do cows from Judea make, Tim Ferguson? Mmm. With that, that's the end of a very bunga bunga Christmas 2017. We'd like to thank you for coming here to the Howell Park Hotel tonight. See you later. Maynard.com.au. Thanks to all our Patreons. God bless you, Sydney. Big thanks to the Harold Park Hotel. Also, big thanks to Maynard just for being Maynard. Look at him. Most of the time, he looks like that. Maynard.com.au AU hey,